Welcome to the High Speed Reads Podcast. Here you'll expand on your knowledge and understanding on a wide range of business, entrepreneurial and self-development skills in just 30 minutes or less. I'm your host, Grant Kitchingman, introducing the High Speed Reads Podcast. It's been a minute. Welcome to the 16th yet inaugural episode of the High Speeds Reads podcast, formerly known as Wilfred. I recently decided to give the podcast a little facelift, as per my cryptic message in the final episode of last season. Actually, you know what? Executive decision. Uh, how about some music? Oh, what we got here? Uh, this one looks good. I have rebranded the podcast through one, giving the pod a catchier, more descript name, which I believe will bring in a new audience. Two designing a new logo which will be updated every week to show the face of the author in focus and to provide you with an unpleasing image of what I look like and three purchasing a new higher quality microphone which I hope improves the sound quality of this and future episodes. The observant among you might have noticed that I've not uploaded for around a month. This is due to starting a new job and redirecting my focus and attention towards that. I know I know no excuses bro all or nothing. Well until you start spreading the word of the podcast, I can't really quit my day job. Well, this seems like the perfect opportunity to self-promote, so that's exactly what I'm going to do. If you could do three things for me, they help so much and I'd really appreciate it. Firstly, if you could share this content with at least one friend or family member that you think would benefit from this, that would be amazing. Secondly, if you could either subscribe or follow, depending on what platform you're using. And three, lastly, if you could please rate the podcast five stars, those three things really help me and my platform grow and I'd really appreciate that. All right, that's enough of that. Let's introduce the author of the week. This week, it's Phil Knight, and he is the true definition of grit, especially within a business context, as he was faced with great adversity in his ventures and succeeded nonetheless. Knight is a graduate of the University of Oregon and the Stanford Graduate School of Business. He was part of the track and field team under coach Bill Bowerman at the University of Oregon, with whom he would later co-found Nike. In April 2023, Forbes ranked Knight as the 24th richest person in the world with an estimated net worth of $47.7 billion. From asking his father for money to travel around the world to being worth $10 billion, Shoe Dog summarizes the life of the co-founder of Nike, Phil Knight, as he recalls his life journey up until the time of writing. This journey was filled with heartache, near misses, love, travel, collaboration, dedication, and so much more. This book allows readers to gain insight into the brain, psyche, and demeanor of the founder of one of the most successful sporting brands of all time. As we'll explore in this episode, this journey all started with a strong vision and a love for running, which was demonstrated by his willingness and readiness to partner with his former running coach, Bill Bowerman. In the 20 chapters, each of which discusses a year within his life, Phil shares a story and evolution of his company, which was originally named Blue Ribbon. Though he originally parted with a Japanese shoe company called Onitsuka, a fierce rivalry eventuated. This led to distrust amongst the leaders of each company, forcing Knight to part ways with Onitsuka and start his own, a company which would eventually be called Nike. The rest is of course history. As always, I've broken down the book into three sections, each of which will be discussed throughout. 
These parts include part one, the why, part two, the how, and part three, reflection. These parts will show why Phil started Nike, how Nike came to be the powerhouse it is today, and the points of reflection Phil shares in his book, mostly within the final chapters. Additionally, I will share the ideas and quotes which resonated with me the most, as I always do. Without further ado, let's jump into the content. Part 1. The Why I wanted to build something that was my own, something I could point to and say, I made that. It was the only way I saw to make life meaningful. If you have listened to the sixth episode of the first season, you may remember that Simon Sinek wrote a book called Start With Why. In this book, Sinek postulates that the most important ingredient with all successful companies is a strong purpose, vision, dream, a strong sense of why. Without doing so in any purposeful way, Knight shares many tidbits concerning these factors in the early chapters of his book. Phil hints at this, writing, It's never just business, it never will be. If it ever does become just business, that will mean that business is very bad. In these early pages, Phil talks about his travels overseas, his love of running, visualizations, epiphanies, basically every sense of why that exists, he had it, and this served his hunger to achieve very well. Let's explore this idea. Phil Knight was a runner, and a very passionate and skillful one at that. Although he enjoyed it, he also saw the philosophical side of exercising, writing, whatever pleasures or gains you derive from the act of running, you must find them within. It's all about how you frame it, how you sell it to yourself. I've also discussed this point in the first episode of the pod, in which I summarized Atomic Habits by James Clear. I stated that to become a runner, you need simply tell yourself that you already are one, then build your habits and behaviors around that identity. I said that it is easier to run if you have convinced yourself that you already are a runner. I know this works because prior to joining the army, I was a horrible runner. But after reading Atomic Habits and applying its principles, plus some perseverance and self-hatred, I eventually ran a 5 minute and 5 second mile. This was of course achieved during the uh, pandemic lockdowns when there wasn't really an opportunity to do much else. Anyway, even though I was disappointed that I didn't achieve my aim of a sub 5 minute mile, I looked back on my journey and realised just how powerful that mindset truly is, as well as how far I'd come. To quote Phil, There's a kind of exuberant clarity in that pulsing half second before winning and losing are decided. Of course, this quote can be applied not only to running, but to business as well. Knights knew he was onto something with selling shoes, even when he was selling them from the boot of his car. He loved running and knew that one thing that metaphorically and literally grounded runners was the shoes on their feet. It was the only thing which protected the athlete from the hard ground and could provide them with a slight edge if one was to make technological advancements to their design. For this reason, Bauman, Phil's old running coach, would much later start playing around with the soles of the shoe, the arch, cushion, dwarfled soles, and air pockets. The designs would regularly be experimented with, but at this stage, the company itself was a dream, a vision. Although, perhaps it wasn't even that. Knight writes, I saw my crazy idea shining up ahead, and it didn't look all that crazy. It didn't even look like an idea, it looked like a place. As stated, Phil knew his future was in shoes. In his book, he regularly threw out shoe-related one-liners, such as, a soldier in his shoes is only a soldier. 
but in boots, he becomes a warrior. Pretty titillating stuff, right? He was hungry for success, and he was also hungry to help others. This means that he would be met with quick success, right? Uh, actually, no. I couldn't even begin to describe the level of adversity Knight faced on his journey to make Nike the powerhouse it is today. For now, there's one last point to drive home, and I've mentioned it already. Phil's hunger. Quote, A tiger hunts best when he's hungry. Let everyone else call your idea crazy. Just keep going. Don't stop. Don't even think about stopping until you get there. Don't give much thought to where there is. Whatever comes, just don't stop. Part 2. The How. Life is growth. You grow or you die. In this part of the discussion, I'll attempt to summarize the steps Phil took on his long journey which allowed him to forge Nike into the absolute powerhouse it is today. It won't be easy to accomplish, due to the entirety of the book doing so, yet I will try. As I stated earlier, Phil faced far more failures and shortfalls than did his successes, at least in the early years of the company. What set Nike apart was their why, as explored in part 1 of this discussion, and their mental hardness. At the end of the day, Phil and his team were passionate about running, and were therefore passionate about shoes. This gave them clear steps to take when building the company, improve shoes to improve running. But more on this later. Let's talk about their name first. Again, Nike wasn't originally called Nike, but the team all agreed that they needed solid branding. There were lots of names thrown around, but eventually they landed on the name Nike. Here's how. Seemingly, all iconic brands, Clorox, Kleenex, Xerox, have short names. Two syllables or less, and they always have a strong sound in the name, a letter like K or X, that sticks in the mind. In actuality, it was one of Phil's staff who came up with the name, and due to his travels in his younger years, this felt like a good fit, or at least felt like a good fit in hindsight. Next, the swoosh. When observing the Nike logo, which is the swoosh, most would agree that it is simplistic yet elegant. Certainly, most people would immediately be able to identify the logo as Nike's in the absence of the blocky capitalized letters which usually sit below it. This is called brand recognition, and Nike has this in droves. This is due to several factors in my estimation, and these include 1. Their simplistic, elegant, recognizable logo as mentioned above. 2. Celebrity endorsement. Individuals such as Michael Jordan, Cristiano Ronaldo, Rafael Nadal, Tiger Woods, LeBron James, Rory McIlroy, and more. 3. Innovative technology. 4. High quality and stylish products. And lastly, five, effective and extensive advertising. Of course, there could be some that I am overlooking, yet it is undeniable that these are contributing factors. As stated earlier, Phil and his team were passionate about running, and as such, were passionate about shoes. This gave them clear steps, oh geez, sorry about that accidental pun, to take when building the company. Again, this was to improve shoes and to improve running. Quote, if we're going to succeed or fail, we should do so on our own terms, with our own ideas, our own brand. Luckily for Phil, his old running coach, Bowman, was keen to be partners in the company. This man had a knack for both coaching and running, and as such, had a predisposition to understanding shoes. 
he was like a mad scientist cooking up and concocting shoe and sole combinations no one had ever seen before and I mean that literally. His quirky team also worked hard for both Phil and the company so it's undeniable that they had a winning combination it was just a matter of time. Quote Shoe dogs were people who devoted themselves wholly to the making, selling, buying or designing of shoes. Shoes were their way of connecting each person to the world's surface. Phil also discusses his likes and dislikes when it comes to both working and leading. His primary like was being afforded the trust and responsibility to be self-directed and autonomous, and his primary dislike was not only being told what to do, but how to do it. This, of course, translated into his leadership style, in which he preferred to allow his staff to be self-regulating until such time he needed to provide feedback or direction. My management style wouldn't have worked for people who wanted to be guided every step, but this group found it liberating, empowering. I'd let them be, let them do, let them make their own mistakes, because that's how I'd always like them to treat me. Phil states further, Don't tell people how to do things, tell them what to do, and let them surprise you with their results. It's apparent then, that needy staff would not have only resulted in the business failing, but also with Phil losing the motivation required to ensure success in the long term. Of course, nothing is ever really assured, and Knight understood this. Despite his many roadblocks and speed bumps, Knight understood the cutthroat mentality business people required to make it. He also understood competition, being a solid runner in the past. Someone, somewhere, once said that business is war without bullets, and I tended to agree. The art of competing was the art of forgetting. You must forget your limits. You must forget your doubts. In the next section, we will explore Phil's sage-like wisdom through his many thoughts provided in this book. As stated in the introduction, I have named this section Reflection. Gee, say that three times fast. I've named this section reflection. I have named this section reflection. I've named this section reflection. Hey, not bad, right? All right, moving on. Well, probably had too much caffeine this morning. What do you reckon? <laughs> My bad. I will give you a little taste as the transition music fades in completely and captures your attention. Quote, Beating yourself is a never-ending commitment. It didn't focus on the product but on the spirit behind the product. Part three, reflection. No matter the sport, no matter the human endeavor, really, total effort will win people's hearts. In a future episode of the podcast, I will deconstruct a book written by Malcolm Gladwell called Outliers. This book explores the traits, characteristics, attributes, skills, and backgrounds of some of the most successful academics and business people in the effort to define the commonalities and differences between them. I mention this now because one commonality explored by Gladwell is that of luck. Something as simple as being born in a particular year or particular month can have resounding effects on the success of individuals with regards to academic or sporting achievement. Again, I draw a parallel from this idea to the occurrences of Phil Knight. Despite the fact that he showed resilience, determination, a willingness to succeed, it must also be noted that he got extremely lucky. Phil himself confirms this, writing, Hard work is critical. A good team is essential. Brains and determination are invaluable. But luck may decide the outcome. However, 
It would be foolish to attribute Knight's success to that of only luck, as the aforementioned traits reign supreme in any venture. Business people have risk acceptance, which would make the rest of us squirm. Phil could have gone out of business multiple times if one eventuality simply went the other way, but he showed grit, which led to his eventual success. A key sticking point for Phil was having his shoes manufactured by the Japanese company Onitsuka. The differences in culture, language, and the vast distance between Phil's team and Onitsuka resulted in various shortfalls, one of which being the product arriving painfully late, which crippled Knight's borrowing power and ability to push sales. Phil writes, Supply and demand is always the root problem in business. It's hard enough to invent and manufacture and market a product, but then the logistics, the mechanics, the hydraulics of getting it to people who want it, when they want it, this is how companies die. In true Phil Knight fashion, he draws an interesting comparison between business and sport, writing, I also thought of all the games I'd seen through the years, football, basketball, baseball, when one team had a big lead in the final seconds or innings and relaxed or tightened and therefore lost. This, I believe, highlights the mentality of Nike. Don't take your foot off the pedal when things are going well and keep seeking ways to improve either your product or your service. The customers will then come in droves. Phil states further, it was us against the world and we felt damn sorry for the world. As many successful business people have stated, no matter how much money they accumulate, they cannot buy more time. This is of course true for Knight, announcing that he would be stepping down as the chairman of Nike in June 2015, and officially retired exactly one year later at 78 years of age. Phil would, however, retain the position of chairman emeritus, which means having served one's time in Latin, being an honorary title. Knight writes, the single, easiest way to find out how you feel about someone, say goodbye. I believe that deciding to leave the company you founded decades prior would have to be one of the hardest things to do. This said, he does also offer some advice for young people, stating, I tell men and women in their mid-twenties not to settle for a job or profession or even a career. Seek a calling. So, if you are a young person, perhaps 17 or 18, and are coming close to the end of school, and are debating whether to go to university or college, pursue a trade, have a gap year, whatever. Seek a calling. Not a check. Not increasing your bank account. Seek a calling. Quote, When you see only problems, you're not seeing clearly. Yes, I thought. Confidence. More than equity. More than liquidity. That's what a man needs. Well, that's it for this episode of High Speed Reads and a summary of what I've learned from reading Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. I hope you enjoyed the episode. For those of you tuning in for the first time, I've read and highlight a new finance or self-improvement book, write a script, record and release a new episode, usually within one to two weeks, pending the last couple of... I focus on releasing a condensed yet detailed breakdown of the book so you don't have to read it yourself. You can get a fair summary of the book for free in the time it takes you to get to work. If you enjoy it and would like to give back, like I said at the start of the episode, if you wouldn't mind rating five stars, following or subscribing to the podcast, and telling one family member or friend about the podcast that you think might benefit from it, that would mean so much. Full disclosure as well, that'll help me a bunch in growing my platform and help me out on the back end. My podcast is also now available on all major streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, and Deezer. 
Well, you get it basically all of them. And wherever you choose to consume this content, thanks so much for the support. I hope this is extended to my next one. Until next time, stay driven. Hey everyone, just lastly I'd like to give a special shout out to Purple Cat, that is P-U-R-R-P-L-E, as in Purple Cat. They can be found on all major streaming services. Uh, their music can be heard in the intro and outro of today's episode, and the same will be done in all future episodes. Thanks so much again, Purple Cat. Enjoy their music.